Hi, welcome to Suplex the Sticks, a gaming podcast hosted by David and Seth. Hello. And Forrest. Hi. <laughs> Seth was a little slow to hit that yogurt button. That's true. <laughs> you, he was busy going big mode. Well, you okay the over there? Re- the, yeah, the, here's the real reason. Oh, you just weren't ready to go big mode yet. All right, no, well, wait, now you're ready. Wait, no, wait. Wait, this is the real reason. Oh my gosh, come on. I'm trying to, I'm trying to play a sound clip, but it keeps <laughs> muting every time I hit the play button. <laughs> Uh, you love to see it or hear it. Yeah, you know, you know. <laughs> well, that was the end uh, of it. All right. Talking very much. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's, okay. Okay. <laughs> that was worth it. That was worth the bit. Curious. You're on a podcast, yet you don't like talking very much. If you yeah. are a new listener, because you found a sticker of ours inside if a local you're a new comic listener. shop. I have something important to tell you in advance. Okay. <laughs> yeah, what's on the menu today? <laughs> uh, That's my favorite one. That's stuck in my brain forever. Um, do you have banana cream pie? Or whatever pie. freaking butter, butter, pie. butter pie. Yeah. I still that actually that line reminded me of the stupid Donkey Kong show from forever ago. And there's a yeah, clip from it where he just a song goes about coconut cream. Pie. Yeah, yeah. The, between that anyway, the, we're the talking about a, a video from Twitter pie. of a bootleg uh, Nintendo mobile game. It's sort of taken over most of my gaming Twitter. Yeah, people just loving these sound bites. They're pretty um, funny. Something about yeah. <laughs> there's one of evil Mario saying that he could fight God yeah. or, or something. That was a real good one. There's nothing, nothing, nothing to, to me. me. <laughs> uh, oh god, it's really it's really top tier. Yeah, it's amazing. I admire uh, him, Sephiroth. Sephiroth. <laughs> <laughs> I love the I love the Daisy one where she calls Luigi a coward. Yeah, that's my, yep. She's just so mean about Luigi. It's like goodness, girl. Yeah, let's I tone am, it back. I I love it. I I wish I could play it here in America. There has to be some way. Yeah, for sure. I gotta get an Android something and like sideload a foreign. Well, you could just download an Android emulator on your computer. You're right. And then download the APK. Mm. Load that baby up. Play some Super Fighter M or whatever it's called. Yeah. Man. I like how Bowsette is a character on there, but her name isn't Bowsette. Yeah. Yeah, for real. (sighs) Anyway. All right. Back to let's this t- week's let's talk regularly about... scheduled programming. Yeah, we've been derailed. Uh, I just always think of Evil Mario. Yeah. He's, he's in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I want the footage of Little Nuss X dancing on Evil Mario. Oh, That's got to exist. Yeah. Singing Montero. Yeah. All right. Back to back to the gaming. Be the content creator you want to see in the world, David. <laughs> no, I can't. I, I don't have the skills. Um, Not with that attitude. Right. Um, I have played more Murder by Numbers. I'm going to take the step to getting us back on track. 
Murder by Numbers. Hope you don't catch a cold. (laughs) (laughs) Really, find the video. Find the videos. They're in our Discord. It's it's the best. And that Luigi sounds different than all the other Luigi's. Um, uh, Murder by Numbers, I talked, you've heard about on the show before. It's genuinely um, a great game. I just, I think maybe I've decided that story-based Picross games are not for me uh, because I want the Picross and not the story. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I really like this. I like the story a lot, Seth, but I like the Picross more. I just, I don't want the... I want to get to the good stuff, which is the Picross to me. Um, I mean, there could be some that are better out there. Uh, I believe one of the criticisms you had was that sometimes the Picross puzzles don't seem like they're actually making the thing that you're finding. Yeah. Um, I've found that a lot more in the later areas. Um, (laughs) It's very debatable if what I'm putting together actually is making what they say it's making. Uh, and they they cleverly disguise some of this by u- utilizing a lot of color once it's actually done. But, sure. man, it's... Yeah. <sighs> or Either that or the puzzles are getting similar. One of my issues is the Picross difficulty in this game. And I don't think it's been that difficult. All of the stuff is pretty easy... Um, the only issue I have with the difficulty is that these puzzles are mainly, if there is any difficult level, it's that they don't technically make sense with some of the forms they're making. Um, if that, if that scans Seth, um, does it like, no, they're not, I don't really understand what you're saying. Like, the whole point of Picross is you're picking out the areas where, you know, you're drawing the lines of the object. And so there is a natural flow you can get in where um, not only you using the numbers, but you can kind of infer, like, okay, this might be where a square would go. Um, and because yeah. the game doesn't do a good job of making the objects that you're making in the puzzle it sometimes makes the puzzles arbitrarily hard, but not actually that difficult. It's like the, there's not a great flow in some I of the mean, design. I mean, I guess. I don't think part of the intended way to do Picross is to guess where things are by the way they look. Right, and I, I mean, I agree with you, but sometimes it can, at least in my brain, I'm like, okay, there's an area where there should be a square, at least in my brain, and then I can kind of parse out, you know, numbers-wise. Uh, especially on the bigger ones, the 15 by 15s. So, <clears throat> the the main difficulty spike, and I've wondered how you dealt with some of this, Seth, is the, the timed 5 by 5 puzzles. Like, that breaks my brain whenever really? it asks me to do it. Yeah, so... Uh, if you've never done Picross, they're usually done in like either 5x5 five five or 10x10 10 10 or 15x15 15 15, uh, traditionally. And um, they do these quick 5x5 five five puzzles, and they'll ask you to do like five of them in 45 seconds. Uh, 
or something. And yeah. you can't get a, a square wrong or else it'll dock you a couple seconds. And you also can't mark off boxes that there aren't, you know that there's no square there. And so like <laughs> taking that away from me sort of breaks my brain the way mm. that I play a Picross puzzle. And so that has been the hard, I, there's been a couple that I've had to try like two or three times, which is really annoying. Um, but I was wondering how you dealt with some of that stuff. Um, I don't remember. I mean, I know it's been a while having, since you've played it. Yeah, I don't recall having issues with those specific puzzles because, I mean, there is some difficulty in that the shapes that you're the solution to the puzzle aren't, aren't actually shapes; they're just kind of randomly placed uh, marks on the grid. But um, generally, the five by five ones are were are are so simple that like it it never became a real issue for me to have to. Um, do those over and over again or anything hmm. well my small brain once it sees a time limit it freaks out and you know yeah it's fun <laughs> um characters are still good the story is wild but it's kind of funny i like it um and that's about it i played a game called sping on the iPhone. Hmm. It is a, spell that? a SP exclamation point NG. Hmm. It is a swinging momentum game and it's on Apple Arcade or else I wouldn't be talking about it because we don't talk about bad mobile games around here. And Apple Arcade games are quality. Most supposedly. of the time. Most of the Sometimes. time. So I beat this game, by the way, in one week. I love this game so much. Nice. Um, you could essentially call this game, if they replaced the little ball that you are with a little icon of Spider-Man, it could be a Spider-Man game. You are swinging around these certain points and collecting little icons or little dots. And you the amount of dots you collect in the level means you get the certain amount of stars the dots correlate with. And I just got hooked to this game. It is so good. And if you have Apple Arcade, go grab it and try it out. It is such a joy to play. And it's easy to play because it's one hand, like you just tap the screen to to hook to the point. Um, and it's all based on momentum and physics and how you bounce off of stuff and how you hook on the things. So it's a, it's a simple game, um, but it is very fun. There's like 170 levels, and I, I just blew through all of them uh, in one week. It was such a joy. Is it as good as Hoggy? <sighs> Man, I don't know if anything's as good as Hoggy. <laughs> and... I actually the other day looked to see if Hoggy was still on the App Store, and it's like, it is, but it doesn't run on our phones because they're too new, yeah. and they haven't updated the game in forever. So, speaking it's, of phones, uh, I just dropped mine. Oof. Um. So yeah, Sping, very good. Apple Arcade has a ton of good stuff. Right now, I'm also playing through Cricket Through the Ages, which, mm. um, have you ever heard of this game, Seth? 
Uh, I have heard of the game Cricket, yes. Well, it's kind <laughs> of a famous game. So it's called Cricket Through the Ages. It's a little comedy game. I'll talk more about it next week once I've beaten everything in it. But yeah, Cricket Through the Ages, that's been fun uh, and very weird. Um, so I downloaded, I mean, I've been playing Last Campfire on and off, um, but I've talked about that on the show before. Apple Arcade has really, you know, and improved my f- fun time with my phone. Um, yeah, they spending. recently added like thirty games to it. Yeah, and they wow. took the yeah they took they added thirty games, and then what they did so Seth, you you hate paywalls in games. I hate pay. Everyone hates paywalls in games. Rightfully so. So they've added plus versions of games into yeah, Apple Arcade, huh? And they are basically paywalled games or games that added paywalls with them taken away. Which is kind of really annoying on some level because one of those games is Fruit Ninja. And I used to be in <laughs> love with Fruit Ninja. <laughs> huh. But they added in paywalls after so long. And so it became too popular for them to not make money on it. Exactly. And so they added all these paywalls, all this crap. And so like I used to have really high scores in the leaderboards on Fruit Ninja. Not anymore because back then they didn't have Game Center. And so there's nothing I can do to, you know, re-get all that stuff. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of games on there in the plus area where you can, you know, download that stuff. I downloaded Cut the Rope and uh, Fruit Ninja. Classic. Because Cut the Rope is great. I downloaded Threes. Did you not already have Threes? Uh, I do. I didn't have it on my phone. What did you have it on? I mean, I like I just didn't have it installed on my phone. Oh, okay. I do own it. See, I but I, I bought. Freeze. I saw it. I, I saw it in there, and I was like, "Oh, well, yeah, I'll, I'll install that again. Why not?" Um, because it was right there, and it saved me the the trouble of having to uh search for it. Yeah. Um, one of the ones they had was Monument Valley. If you haven't played that and you have an app, an iPhone and you have Apple Arcade, play that. Um, Threes also. Uh, Reigns is very good. I've talked about Reigns on the show before. But they, they yeah, keep adding stuff. A bit of Reigns. They, they've added a bunch of stuff to Apple Arcade, and it's just so good. So let's see. Seth, me and you played something similarly. Or we played a, a game. We played the same thing, in fact. Yeah, just not, not together. Not together. I, I'm wondering <laughs> how you feel, felt at the end of it if we're going to play that game together. Um, but we played the intro to Outriders. That we uh, did. What did you think of this intro? Um, well, so, like, it's only, what, an hour-ish long. It's not a whole lot of time to get a real opinion on the game um but like it's you know it's a third person cover shooter and the actual shooting in those tends to be a bit clunky we'll say um so that's definitely in there uh the you don't really get a whole lot of sense of what the different powers are because um you really on, uh, only have the one um you 
you unlock one at the end of like the your first the final battle in the intro um but there after that there are not really any enemies to use it on it's so it's like i said it, it's tough to really gauge what the game is on that um but it was interesting enough for me to want to continue playing i think okay. um it seems like it could, it could be a fun loot shooter game the I was really surprised by the just continual amount of dialogue that was going on um, and the fact that you could like talk to NPCs about their personal lives. It's like, I mean, this is neat, but also I don't really care about any of this stuff and kind of <laughs> just want to get to the meat of the game. But they just they just keep throwing dialogue and cutscenes at you at, at the outset of the game um, to kind of like set up what happens or what the situation is, which is that... You know, Earth is destroyed, and you've w- moved the hu- hu- what's left of humanity has traveled for like a hundred years in space to this planet called Enoch. Which I'm curious about that name. Do you think that's a name that they uh, had previously given the planet, and then when they went there, there's like, oh, let's keep the name, or did they choose to call it that? Upon arrival, because it just seems like a strange name for a planet. Yeah, so I have a lot of questions about this. This game thrusts a lot upon you in this intro, and that's, I mean, you touched on it with the dialogue, but there's your old grizzled captain who you learn a ton about him, and then, yeah, like, there's... He's pretty immediately killed off. Yeah. (laughs) So the main conceit of this intro, slight spoilers for it's literally the the intro to the game, is you land on this planet and (laughs) they set up what you assume is going to be this main bad guy um, for the whole story. And then um, you kill him. And then you get wounded in that process and then there's a time jump because you get put back in cryosleep. Um, but between landing on the planet and that point, which is maybe like eight hours of this guy's life, uh, you learn you left Earth. The other ship carrying a lot of humanity exploded after departing Earth. Oh my God. Um, two or three, you had to like be a part of possibly killing other humans trying to join your ship. Like, they weren't very clear on how that was messy. Um, But they allude to this weird, messy departure because some people were chosen to be on the ship and some were not. Um, (laughs) Like, it's... There's a lot happening at the beginning of this game. And it's, yeah, it's got a lot of information that it wants to set up, which I don't know that all of it is completely necessary because... Well, no, because you know, at the end of it... Humanity it, having to having to escape to another planet is not like a, a brand new story that's like, oh, we need to know all the details of why this happened. Yeah, it's it's not like this is an entirely new conceit. You basically just have to set up, you're on a ship, you came out of cryosleep, this is a foreign land. Um, especially if at the end of this like 30, 45 minute boost or intro, 
you are going to set up that this is all just before a time jump anyway. Um, where seemingly none of this is going to come into play, which it, it might. I we You know what I mean? It might come into play later in the story, but I kind of doubt it. Um, unless the main story of this game is that humanity kind of sucks and we're going to ruin everything all the time, which also seems like what could be the story of this Fair. game. Um, <laughs> So it's it's interesting. I had I I was going to. How much did you use cover, Seth, when you were shooting in this demo? Um, it's not a first of all, not a demo. We were or playing the, the full game. The intro, yeah. I um, keep calling it the demo because we planned to play the demo together and then we didn't. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I used cover anytime there was shooting. The cover is not very sticky, so it's kind of weird. Um. But also, if you're not using cover, you're just getting blasted all the time. So I did not have that effect. Mm -hmm. I felt like I just ran up on dudes and killed them with a shotgun, no problem. Mm. Um, and I never felt like I was dying at all. Or um, Yeah. And, and to well, be fair, it's because I did read online that the moment you go into cover, you... And you're le like you're you're staying. Basically, this game is meant to be a you keep moving and shooting type game. Nah. Like all the all the things I've read on Twitter and in other podcasts, I've heard like don't ever use the cover system <laughs> because it just isn't good, and it also makes you a more stagnant target for the AI. Like if you keep moving, you're better off. Which huh. is weird. But it yeah, also makes sense because the game is very weird. floaty and skatey when you move. Like it's, you you move your joystick a little bit and you move like th two feet to the left. Um, it's a, you know, there's a lot of motion happening there. Um, I really, I'm excited to play with a friend. <laughs> That's a, the, the, the vibe I got from this game at the end of it was... Um, I want to play this with a friend, but I don't know if I would keep playing it by myself. So Seth, tell me when you're going to play because I will definitely play with you. So what, uh, what yeah, class did you Yeah, it's not like I picked the Pyromancer. Hmm. I picked the Devastator. It's a classic David pick. Yeah. Interestingly, the... The first ability of the Pyromancer, instead of shooting out just, like, a ball of fire, is, like, a big wave of fire. Hold on. What? A wave? Like, do you, like, punch the ground and a wave of fire comes out? Well, you don't really punch the ground. You kind of lift your hands up as if you're lifting fire out of the ground and it travels along forward. Well, let me tell you, Seth, I'm not meaning to bash the game at all here. <laughs> Or your choice in classes. But the Devastator's first uh, power is to hit the ground and a wave of earth flows up underneath <laughs> the enemies. So it is seemingly uh, a very similar power. <laughs> um, uh, classic. Yeah. Is the other class just the same thing but with water? No. So the, oh, there's no. Pyromancer, Devastator, Trickster... I think tri that's the name of it. Trickster is like the fast teleporty boy. Hit and run boy. type of hit and run. BPE guy. 
I really thought you were going to pick that one, but I, you know, Pyromancer also fits what you usually pick. Yeah. Um, and then there's Technomancer, which mm. is a turret guy. Gotcha. Or girl. So boring. Slash yeah. sniper. The one thing I'm most interested in uh, in this intro, Seth, is Lord Seth, who you run into. <laughs> yes, out of nowhere, post uh, time skip. So there's some weird stuff. Like they they land on this planet Enoch. It seems fine. They're trying to find these probes that are giving them inf- information on the planet. They go to find one. There's this evil magic storm that comes and kills, zaps a bunch of people and. I guess your character at some point absorbs some kind of black gunk that infuses him with power. Um, and then later on, after you come out of cryostasis, uh, you're kidnapped by these... Or you're taken hostage by these people that are apparently cannibals. Um, and they take you out to this kind of dead zone where this evil storm is going to be again. Uh, and you get impaled in the chest. Uh, and die. And then you get to select your class... Uh, and your character comes back to life empowered, and you make it back through the storm um, to come upon this guy, Lord Seth, who seems to also have powers, and he talks without his mouth moving. Um, but yeah, his name is Lord and Seth. He seems pretty cool. After he finds out that you're an outrider from the past, he, he's about to kill you, but then he decides to let you go. Uh, so he's very mysterious, and he f- and, and floats. He floats. He can float. You can barely muster a dodge, but he can float. So he's got one up on you there. He's kind of like the zero to your Mega Man X at the beginning of X1. <laughs> mm. um, yeah. Very interesting. He... This is where you will be by the end of this journey. I don't know if you'll Hopefully. be floating. I, yeah, I can see that. Not, that that's... I mean, that, if that's what it was, that would be a good good tactic. And then at the yeah. end, he dies and gives you his uh, <laughs> his buster. And in so. Outriders 2, you have to collect his parts to rebuild Yeah, them. yeah. A few years down far the line, the future, we'll get a spinoff series. Yeah, we're with, with Cyber Elves. <laughs> yeah. No, no, we're not talking about the Cyber Elves. There also, was, David, uh, can we talk about uh, the character customization? Because... I, so I don't know if the different um, head models for each of the male characters have has different hairstyles. Um, but it seemed that, like, all but two of the hairstyles available had a... What do you call it when the, like, the top is there, but the sides are shaved off? Fade? <laughs> that was, I mean, it's like a faux hawk type thing. Um. Yeah. But, like, all but of it, them uh, had that. I mean, it's, like, it's a style that everyone has nowadays. Uh, if you've got a certain length of hair and you're a certain age. But that's, like, what all the all the hairstyles are. It was really weird. Yeah. Uh, essentially, all the hair was that. <laughs> um, so, not much uh, diversity in hairstyles is what I'm hearing. Right. Not I as really... far as I could tell. I wish I had made a, after hearing the way the male character screams in the game, which, by the way, is, I don't know who this voice actor is or or what direction they gave him for yelling, but it is not good, and I don't like it, and it's very overdramatic, but I wish I, I want to hear the female voice 
actress uh, for the, the girl character. I would like to hear that more maybe <laughs> um, than what I have to listen to. Well, good news. You're only an hour into the game so far. You I'm not. I'm could not make a new that. character. No, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> and the game does tell you you can't change your class or anything after oh. you pick. So you are stuck. You are. I am a devastator. Yeah. My, um, uh, my name is Kari. Was that your randomly generated name? Uh, it was. So I, I randomly generated a bunch of names, and then I was like. You know, I always put my own I always put my own name in here and I felt like that was really boring. And so Kari came up and I was like, that's kind of neat, but I'm going to keep going. And then I finally was like, you know what? No, Kari was actually pretty cool. And so that's going to be it's K H A R I. Hmm. So, my character's name is Durant. Ooh. And that was, first, that, that was the first. That was the first thing that it gave me. It is a Pokemon and a basketball <laughs> player. Yeah, nice. So that's not a bad name. Durant sounds more like a Devastator class than a Pyromancer, though. Yeah, it sounds like a hardy name. <laughs> I mean, the actual Durant, he is a flamethrower on the court. That's true. All right. Was there anything else you played besides this intro? I'm I'm excited. To see how the co-op works, Seth. Uh, yeah. So if you do want to play together, um, all of I the think, character classes, I think, also needs to be stated that they heal different ways. Yeah, so, like so that's Seth's, a neat thing about them is that, like, I, I know that yours is about doing damage, like getting up close to enemies and damaging them, and that heals you, yes. right? Yeah, so, so mine is... When I'm um, close to them, I see a little icon pop above their heads that lets me know if I kill them, I get health. Huh. Yeah. So mine so it's is... it's a very proactive class. Um, I use... Well, I they're all kind of built like that. Because like David said, I, I can see where the running and gunning type thing is. Um, it wants you to be in the action. Um, because all of the char- all the classes are different types of healing by damaging opponents. Um, gotcha. My guy, the Pyromancer, you use his abilities to set people on fire. And then if you kill them while they're on fire, you heal. Sounds like David has the easier job here on healing. Well, mine's the, I'm the tank, so that's why well, mine's yeah. a little He's got to be in the thick of it. Yeah. You know, Forrest, you could easily download this game and be our third. You Absolutely. could be the trickster. I would love to. I'm horrified to see how this runs on a base model Xbox One. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what? You should do it I... for the content. I get paid on Friday. I'll renew my for game the culture. pass for the culture. Plus, you're gonna want to you're gonna want to <laughs> play NHL 21 and MLB The Show 21. Yes, because I've I know I, that you're a big <laughs> hockey and baseball fan. I really am. I've never played a single sports game in my life. Never, never. Oh, if it wasn't racing or like Wii Sports, then I haven't played it. Wii Sports counts as a sports game. Technically Seth, right. What else have you played? Yeah, uh, I have played something else other than the one hour demo. Uh, not demo, but <laughs> yeah, you've you got me doing it. It. the one hour of the one hour of whatever this game is called. What's it called again? Outriders. Outriders. It, the D. I I was thinking 
the D in my head because I've been playing Dishonored 2. Uh, as I said last week, I was thinking about playing it, and I just I was like, yeah, I'll play it. Um, because I was interested in the way things changed, and it things are quite enough. different. If only because... So this game, you get... Um, at the at the beginning, you give you were given the option of playing as Corvo, the protagonist from the original Dishonored, or as Emily, uh, the empress of the whatever this kingdom you're in, um, and the girl that you had to, you set out to rescue in the first game, who is now grown up. Um, so I chose Emily because, uh, you know, there's not. I didn't see any reason to go and do the same stuff. Um, though I am curious. Good choice. The ways I, I in did which the same. Because, because the game opens up with, um, it is a. It's this kind of. It's hard to say it's a celebration day, but they're having this big, um, event. Memorial. It's like the the anniversary of the death of the Empress. That happened at the beginning of the first game. Um, and in trots in this guy from this other island saying that he has brought the long-lost sister of the former empress who has now come to, like, take power. Uh, and she somehow steals Corvo's power from him. At least if you choose Emily, this is what happens. He's, she steals Corvo's power and turns him to stone and kind of captures you. And you take control and tr- and break out and go off to do your own thing. Um, although at the point I am at right now, I am curious, uh, because Emily has an entirely different power set than Corvo, um, which I, I don't know if I was expecting it or not. Apparently Corvo retains the same powers from the original one. So that'll be interesting because I wasn't sure about it, but I ended, there were some like tip menus that I ended up reading that indicated, oh yeah, these powers that you don't have that you remember having it like they kept saying that to that I could use them in different ways like wait a minute but I don't have those those powers aren't available to me and then I realized that it's because Corvo still has them um so yeah I am I'm playing through it um the biggest difference that I noticed immediately like from the outset is there is a lot more dialogue in this game um Corvo in Dishonored One, I don't think spoke At any all. lines. Nope. He might have said something, but he he's just a, he's just talk 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 from the beginning of this. And and Emily too, <laughs> she's always talking to herself. And honestly, the voice acting for or direction for those characters is not what I would call good. Um, <laughs> like I don't really think it adds value to the game that the first title was missing because there was voice acting but it was all other characters talking to you about what was going on the other thing as mentioned last time is the outsider has a completely different voice actor and honestly a completely different direction as a character which is kind of disappointing because like we talked about how in the last one he's kind of this sort of subdued He's got he's just kind of got this bemused attitude and like like he doesn't really care about what's going on um and is somewhat intrigued but in this one he's like way over the top and whenever you see him he's like 
evaporating and appearing all over different places. And he's just, he sounds so much more enthused. And it's like, you're not the same guy. Come on. I know this, this isn't as interesting of a character. Uh, or, I mean, I don't know he's not as interesting. I just, I find him to be less appealing because he seems to care more. Yeah. Uh, like he's invested in it rather than just kind of toying with people for his own amusement. Yeah. His um, like deadpanness in the first game really led to him giving off like, the, like he almost seems like a timeless being in the first yeah. game. Like, he, like this is just, like him, like watching Corvo in in his adventures originally like just felt like it was almost like a just a tiny section of like time wasted for him like he has other things going on that we'll never comprehend but the second game it, it like you said he's just not the same yeah so that was that was disappointing um fun fact Seth, who yes do you know who voices this character the I do not. It is the guy that played the penguin on in Gotham. Gotham. Yeah, that that tracks. <laughs> They're kind of very similar characters too. So yeah, just huh. Robin Lord Taylor is the uh, name yeah. of the guy. It's not not great in my opinion. Um. So the game you like the so the first mission takes place in Dunwall. It's this, the very very similar um landscape to the first one. Um uh, one thing about like the first game is the every everywhere you you were at took place it it's sort of I guess modeled Dunwall's kind of modeled after London. Um I don't really know what kind of era to put it at, but it's sort of a steampunk type of thing. So maybe Victorian, but um, a little, but also kind of more modern. But it's all—it's really dark and dreary. Um, and the first stage, as you're escaping Dunwall Tower, um, is like that. But the rest of the game, or as far as I'm up to, takes you to this island in the south, where it's really bright, um, and it's just the everything is a wash with with light and color and it's it's really cool it's a very different looking game than the first one uh which is which is very very welcome um that's not to say it doesn't have its it's dark and mysterious places but there are also the 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 way that levels worked in the first one was you would start out in kind of like an open city area and your target would be in its own enclosed unique location within that city. So you would go through the city, then go to this location. And it retains the same thing, but most of those enclosed locations still had the kind of same aesthetic. Um, and in this one, you're going through the city, but each of the enclosed locations you go to is kind of offer something very different. Um, so they, they're, they've, really broaden themselves in terms of visuals and environment. Um, I'm hopeful that there's even more places that we're going to go in this. Uh, but I'm not quite sure yet. It doesn't seem like that's where the story is going. Um, The new powers are interesting. Or at least Emily's power set is interesting. Um, The... She's got a... 
not a very different like teleporting move but it it definitely works different like it aims along an arc um mm. and so it's it's harder it doesn't it the aiming doesn't seem to work right so like it doesn't always um go where you're pointing the the control stick and also it can't really go I don't know. It's it's hard to describe the the ways. It just feels wonky. Like with Corvo in the first one, with his blink ability, you just aimed and you held the trigger down, and it would take you straight there, or it it would just show you that it can't go that far. Um, and in this one, it's kind of hard to judge, but it also it's it's very much more momentum based. So you can like fling yourself at something and then hold forward on the control stick and, and it'll make you go farther which has many times led me to flying off ledges and dying <laughs> or landing in front of people uh, and being spotted um which i mean it does have its uses because it, it'll it can allow you to go to get farther than what your the game is actually telling you, you can go but it also is like it's 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 just a it's it's a lot of it just can be a pain but it can also be used to like pull enemies and objects to you, which is uh, something that you definitely couldn't do in the first one. There's also uh, a couple of cool moves that like you can link enemies together. So when you like, if you knock one out, the other ones that are linked will also be knocked out. Um, what what was the other useful one? Um, now you may have not. I may have missed you saying it earlier. Can you switch? on the fly between Emily and Corvo or are you like stuck you locked in? So you are locked in at the beginning because whatever care the character you don't um choose becomes basically incapacitated by the the main villain who also has these powers from the outsider and you basically you have to like gotcha. go on a quest to stop them. Okay. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So she's she's very interesting um even if she talks a bit much. Uh, but it's also, I just want to, I can understand Dishonored 1, like you're going, you've been framed for murder, so you're going to take these people down, and you and you care for this girl, so you're going to want to save her. Um, it's kind of implied as you go along that she might be your daughter, whereas in this one, it is like, the it's like the first line of the game, it basically confirms what they they decided to keep as subtext in the first one they're like oh yeah of course she's his daughter um but it, it the the one thing about playing as emily is that like i'm playing as this queen basically who's been ousted in a coup and it's like oh no what a terrible thing that has happened to you you, you don't get to lord over your people anymore it's like i just don't i can't <laughs> I can't really bring myself to empathize with what has happened to this person. Um, and then on top of it, she gets like magical powers to go and kill anyone she pleases. I, of course, am not killing anyone. Um, but it's just like... <laughs> You're I mean, above I really, that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I mean, that's... that's In my mind, that's what I am role-playing as. Like, why would this woman want to kill her subjects? Like, she's supposed to be a, a kind empress, as if there is such a thing. Uh, but it's just like, <laughs> all right, I can't, this is, this, there's clearly, I played the first game, there's clearly people in poverty here that 
your family is not really helping remedy and I'm supposed to care that you aren't on the throne anymore I mean sure the guy who organizes coups seems like a dick um, and he also <laughs> he really sounds like he's voiced by the the guy who was the roach alien in Men in Black um, <laughs> which is neither here nor there um there's also a character who really sounds like he is voiced by Christoph Waltz. Um, but I honestly wouldn't you know. put it past them. Dishonored 2 had a much higher budget than the first game. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And that's probably why they included a lot more voice acting. Because yes. they had the money to spend and they thought people would want it. Um, but those qualms aside, I'm having a lot of fun with the game. I really enjoy like... Figuring out how to use the new powers in the best way. Um, I think the level oh, design... Wait, did you say the antagonist sounds like the guy from Men in Black? Um, one of like the two main antagonists. His name is uh, Duke Abel. Okay, so Luca... Duke, Luca Abel, yeah. That is Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, then what? I was right. <laughs> it, He's doing exactly that voice of the, of when the when the roach alien possessed that guy. God bless. Um, yeah. So, the the level <laughs> design is great. I just recently completed this. What has been the high point of both games so far in this mission that was called the called the Clockwork Mansion, uh, which is this really cool. You own in this mansion. And there are these levers everywhere that you kind of pull and it rearranges um, the structure of these rooms. And you have to move them Ooh. around. Like you have to keep changing them to, to go throughout, to move through different places. But you also have to get in the in-between spaces to be able to sneak around and sneak up on people um, and find different ways through. Um, it was really a lot of fun that, that I just trying to figure out the perfect ways to hit the levers at the right time to go to different places um, to find all the secrets. It was really cool. Uh, I was a big fan and that and that was the, the level with the, the guy who sounded like Christoph Waltz and he was just constantly talking over the speaker uh, commenting on what you're doing. Um, what was the name of the character? Style. Uh, what was his name? Because I don't remember. Um, man, is there some crazy voice actors in this game? <laughs> really? Pedro Pascal is a voice actor in this game. What? Who, Sam wait, who Rockwell. He, play? he plays the leader of the Howler gang, Paolo. Interesting. I've only seen him once. Wow. Megan Foster um, is Rosario Dawson. Dang, this is crazy. Mortimer Ramsey is Sam Rockwell. Wow, the the That's... voice acting cast in this game, yeah, this is impressive. Is just stunning. Uh, <laughs> what is that guy's name? Uh, Grand Inventor Kieran Jindosh. That is his name. John Gigenhuber. I don't know who that is, unfortunately. Um, but that level ended with me lobotomizing him, which was kind of dark. Uh, but it had to be done. Yeah. He was building an army of robots that was going to take over the the Empire of the Isles. And I did what I had to do. 
Of course. But yeah, so far it's a lot. Also, there's one. I. I wonder how much this game was influenced by the Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes games. Because <laughs> it it has this very similar aesthetic. And on opening the game, like the 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 main theme of the menu sounds like they just pulled it straight out of those movies. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh you should you should look it up because it absolutely sounds like uh one of the themes from from one of those movies. And it just kind of the way the characters talk and it it really is evocative of of those movies. Uh which is not not bad thing to be evocative of for sure. Um Guy sure. Ritchie definitely has a style. <laughs> so yeah, I'm ha- I'm having a lot of fun with it. Uh it's a good game so far all right uh interesting thing oh. uh actually you know we'll uh we'll we'll leave that out i'll tell it uh later or i'll tell it uh i'll tell you guys during the break and then we'll see if you want to <laughs> leave it in because <laughs> i don't actually know if it's interesting all right if anything we can uh put it at the end or yeah. you know Production notes during the show. Yeah. You'll love to hear it. <laughs> uh, Forrest, what have you, you played? You, really, you, can, you just bleep out all the things I just said. That's yeah. true. Don't uh, cut them out. Bleep them. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be a mystery. Um, I beat Cyber Shadow in... <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> Hooray. Um, He's done it, folks. I finally did it. I forgot you were playing that. You quite literally asked me, I think last week or the week before... If I'd beaten mm. it. I don't think it was last week. It was the week before then. Yeah. <laughs> Go Forest. Hooray. You beat um, Cyber Shadow. I've been playing more 13 Sentinels again. That game is just insane. Uh, every new story section I do is just another like plot twist. Uh, so on average, there's been like 25 plot twists so far. Uh <laughs> within playing maybe a fifth of what this game has to offer. And I just, I feel like I'm going insane. I feel like a madman. Because, uh, like, I can't even begin to explain it. <laughs> At least not coherently. Like, <laughs> like, uh, like, take us explaining Kingdom Hearts, but, like, more insane. That's <laughs> like, exciting. Yes. But I, I don't want to be a part of it. That's fair. Um, I'm very excited for when I do finish this game because then everything is just going to be in, like, in the in the mini section. I talked about this last week. Uh, it shows a timeline of events just in straight chronological order. And I'm so excited to have that entire list filled out so I can quite literally just do I, I, almost like another playthrough of the story but in just straight through event order instead of jumping around in all these different places that I am because like one scene takes place in 1985 the next takes place in 2067 uh when the earth is on the brink of destruction for the 10th time mm. and there's time loops and amnesia and spies and war of the worlds and et 
in <laughs> making deals with devil cats. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you think you end up killing God? This, at this you point, know what? I don't think so. At this point, the that's one, the one JRPG where you don't do it. Yes, the one trope. Um, but who's to say? I would not. I would not be surprised if that was the next plot twist I came across. <laughs> He's fighting God's like husk of a body. Yeah, you don't even kill him. You just find him dead in the future. Yeah, actually, no. You'd find him dead or in the, the past, past, like nineteen forty-five yeah. or yeah. forty-four, because that is a time point in the game. It, Whenever it that, jumps uh, around everywhere. That famous uh, headline on that newspaper that said "God is dead" or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's been my week. Nice, you know. Yeah. I can't. I can't wait for you to download Outriders and play it with us. Yeah, first. and spend less time playing Thirteen Sentinels. You got to pick the Technomancer or I'm gonna do the the, the trickster. trickster. All right, I like teleporty things. Man, what a trio we have! It'll be good. Um, we'll see if it ever actually happens. You have to actually download call, it. And call play us it. the Big Mode Boys. Friday's yeah. payday. Um. All right. We're like play day. Hey, you. Lady. Um, all right. With that, we will be right back after the break with the news. And we're back. Hopefully during the break, you're going to all social media at Suplex the Sticks and following liking whatever you can do there and sharing us with your friends by sharing the episode links. We post these little clips from each of the show that we think is, we think they're funny or, you know, actually interesting. Um, So if you like those, share them with your friends. It's like a little trailer for each episode. And also if you want to be in our bumper the break area saying some of this stuff instead of having to hear me clumsily do it every week. Uh, email us at suplexistics at gmail.com with a question that we'll, we can answer on the show or, you know, I can send you the script and you could be the voice in the bumper, which would be kind of neat. Um, you can be a part of our show. So join our discord. The links for all this stuff that I'm talking about is in the show notes below. Uh, including the Discord invite link where we talk about news and games and stuff like that. You know, we argue about music and food and whatever. It's fun. Um, So let's get into the news of the week. Last week, as basically as soon as we stopped recording, uh, like the next day or within the night, um, there was this weird leak slash rumor that... E3 was going to have these demos because uh, E3 was uh, was announced as going digital, um, and they and there was this leak that you're going to have to pay to play some demos from E3, um, and they have refuted that rumor, um, but they also, in that sense, confirmed that E3 is going digital and happening this summer. Um, so. 
not only with that, they refuted it and announced that it's happening June 12th through the 15th. And then a bunch of big studios have uh, committed to being there already, or I guess digitally there, however you want to say that. They're going to have showcases in that time frame. Uh, so what do you guys feel about that? We're having more of a traditional E3 this year. I'm really excited for it. Uh, E3 season and like the show itself has always been a really big part of my summers for like about a decade now. So it was kind of last year was already whack as it is not really having an E3 last year made things even a little more off for me, you know. So it's nice having it back. Also, Konami is on this list and Konami doesn't make games anymore. So having them at E3 is a good Mm. sign that. Maybe they're going to bring so, a pachinko machine. I, you know, I wouldn't put it past them. But uh, the ever hopeful optimist that I am, am hoping that this means we get some Silent Hill stuff and Metal Gear, maybe like a remake or something from Blue Point Studios, as they, as that studio tends to do lately. Yeah. Um, Seth, what do you think about this? I'm glad that it's happening. Um the haters will say that it's just another way for them to sell us ads, but you know, it's 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 fun to get excited about game announcements. Even though as we've seen in the past, many of them the the reality when games come around is t- tends to be less exciting than when they're first announced. Um, yeah. but it's you know, it's still this kind of it is this fun point to kind of focus your attention on and give us lots of stuff to talk about and theorize and uh, especially the, the lead up is always super fun too because we don't really know what's going to be there and, and it can be literally anything um so i'm glad i'm i'm glad it's back um in whatever form it's going to take uh, and glad that it's not dead like everyone thought it was going to be jeff Cayley is silently weeping in the corner as we praise E3's return yeah. as the summer game, whatever that he does is not rendered Look, if, obsolete. If he wanted but. that to be a thing, he should have made it a thing last year when he had the chance. Uh, well, he's still he trying to make it tried. a thing now. It's, he's been tweeting about how it's going to be big. So we'll see, I guess. It's going to be huge. It's It wasn't big last year. And it had nothing attached to it, really. It basically was just a way to keep track of what was other companies were doing. Yeah. Uh, without him, like, <laughs> um, so it was kind of strange. Um, but yeah, E three twenty twenty one. Nintendo, Xbox, Capcom, Konami, Ubisoft, Take Two, WB Games, and. Coach Media, Koch Media, um, Cook Media, and they they own basically the THQ studios. I'm pretty ah, sure. Ah, that's uh, what I was. Yeah, wondering. I had to look that up because I did not know, but that seems like they're the THQ owners. Gotcha. So it's a uh, it's pretty exciting. Those are just the early commitments. Also, there could be other studios, uh, but. There's so most far, it looks be like Sony is not going to have one. So yeah. Sony they, is going to do their I own think thing. They've been doing their own thing for a minute. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, but it's always been around the same time. Um, so, so like Forrest said, it's exciting to see Konami on here. Uh, Capcom, of course. Who knows what Capcom is going to have uh, <laughs> since their two big games are coming out before the showcase. Uh, I'm going to say now it's going to be the ending of Street Fighter V's uh, content and then a teaser for Street Fighter VI. Sure. Street Fighter. <laughs> and mm. I'll even place another more unlikely bet here. A new Mega Man X game. <laughs> yeah, that's very unlikely. But we have been getting the rumors about the Battle Network uh, r- anniversary. So that could be uh, a good time to drop some stuff. Yeah. I don't want to get my hopes up for that. Well, too bad. But I also want it so bad. Give it to me. <laughs> give me the, give me those games. Because that'll be my time to show yeah. Both of you, Both of you have had your times. <laughs> To do long exposés about the Mega Man history. And then Battle <laughs> Network will be my time to shine. Three to four episodes. Hey, don't and, don't act like I couldn't wax poetic about Battle Network. Because while I do not have a um, very thorough knowledge of it, I still know enough about what's going on. Yeah. You know that it takes place in an alternate universe. Where <laughs> okay, we're not... We're of, not uh, robots, Dr. Light built the internet. We don't need to do it now. My knowledge, we'll get to it, though. My, my knowledge of Battle Network actually comes from the fact that I just read the manga for it because I could not get all the games as they were coming out. I only owned six, uh, the Gregar version. Wow. <laughs> that hurts. I know. That I, I so only good. played the first one and Battle Chip Challenge. I think that hurts even more. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually... <laughs> this is uh, everyone that listens to the show on a regular basis is going to be like, of course, this is what David is excited about. Um, I'm just excited that Nintendo is nailed to the wall. as having to have some announcements in June. Like they, that's true. <laughs> we know for a fact, we're getting something in June. We don't have to guess. I don't now there's no like, Oh, I wonder if Nintendo's going to just drop something today for the next two months. Yeah. It's all going to happen in June. And uh, it'll be glorious, maybe. It might be the next Switch. It might be whatever. Who knows? That would be something, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. The Switch HD or whatever they're going to call it. The Super Switch. Super Switch. <laughs> I hope they call it the <laughs> Nintendo Switch Advance. That's just me. That would also be Aww, good. True. Or, <laughs> this, never mind. The NSA. Like, they could call it the Nintendo Switch Color. Which the <laughs> NSA. <laughs> <laughs> Switch SP. Um, oh, yeah. Switch SP. Power. Um, what a... Uh, Switch yeah. U. Pro. Switch U. Switch that U. That went so well. Uh, the Switch <laughs> Wii. Uh, <laughs> you have to buy light bar attachments. Aw. Uh, man. But it already... <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. I'm just... I'm uh, excited for... Switch... Uh, Master System. There like, we go. Sega. Oh yeah, the Switch Genesis. Really excited for that one. <laughs> Bro, give me a Switch Dreamcast, like legitimately. The Switch Cast. Yeah. Switch Cube. Ooh. Ooh, okay. The dock is, is GameCube shaped. I like it. I love it. Um so Capcom, Konami, Ubisoft. Who knows what Ubisoft is gonna have? Um 
maybe finally we'll have another Rabbids Mario game or Rabbids Zelda game. There's but, been a lot of, you know, speculation, but nothing concrete. Maybe we'll finally get another Beyond Good and Evil 2 update. It's been like, what, five years since the last one? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that game's in perpetual development. I think... I was talking with some friends the other day. I think, like, a lead on that project may have just left the company. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. That scans. Uh, WB will get to show off both of their <laughs> both of their games that are coming out next year. I'm very excited for that. Um, we talked at length about that last week. Yep. So, um, now, the question is, to both of you, if there is some sort of... Uh, if there is some sort of thing where you could pay to stream some of these hot demos for like games, would you pay for the paywall? So this idea you're presenting, mm. would it be on a game by game basis or a lump? I don't, I don't think sum. the, the rumor was just like a $35 paywall hmm. to pay all to play any of the demos they release. But so, like, Microsoft comes out and says, you can play... Now, Demos granted, I don't think this up. would be good press for anyone. No. Uh, if if they... if So, say, like, Microsoft is like, you could play the Halo 6 or Halo Infinite demo that we showed today, or, like, the one they showed earlier. Um, like, you could play that if you pay the E3 ticket cost you get to stream that demo would you be inclined to possibly do it uh, it depends on how much content i'm getting overall from these demos like it like let's say yeah, it's a it's... 35 dollars charge i better be getting like at least 35 hours of content than like i don't Ooh, know that, for demos that's I, a lot i think yeah but there's gonna be a lot of games lot. shown yeah, I don't but know. Not every game shown is going to have a demo. Sure, but like I just I I don't know. I you have pay thirty five dollars for a game and you're not getting thirty five hours of content. You're lucky fair. if you get like eight hours of content in some games if you pay sixty dollars for it nowadays. I just I I if I'm paying for demos, I then I don't want to be paying thirty five dollars, I guess. Okay. Yeah, paying for demos is a tough sell. Yeah, um, I think that's ultimately my line. I'm not going to pay for demos. Yeah, it depends on what's a demo. Of, kind of the whole thing of it, isn't it? A demo I mean, is something that you give to a per, you give to the people to entice them to play the actual game. Yeah. Now it's a bit. You could argue it's a bit different when these games aren't going to be coming out immediately, but and it's a package of demos. But I don't know, like. They, they threw these things in for free in PlayStation One days, like actual discs um, that had a bunch of demos on them. Yeah. Also, I think if, if like, there is a payment thing, like, that just sets a bad precedent. We've had demos released in the past, like, the same day that they were shown off at E3. Um, like, and if they start charging for demos just for this thing... And they make money off of it some way, somehow. Well, this That's is, going to get them start charging for demos in other places at other times. This would... See, you're, you're taking it to a bunch of weird areas that I don't think it goes. This is to supplant 
the idea that if you're going to E3, my dude, you are paying to stand in line and play demos at E3. That's what you're doing there. Yeah, but and they E3 sell is tickets. a media event, though. Yes. Like, no, it's not. It it's has a public become, event. The last well, three yeah. years were public. And sure, people the bought last tickets. three years, but historically, it's just a media event. I mean, historically, yes. So but, it being a public event now, we should be able to get the demos for free. As we've gotten this demos one always. is also going to be just a press event. Or rather, the demos are... However they're, they're going to stream these demos, like, the press are going to get them for free. Um, and so, I mean, I don't know. I just think... And I think you're wrong, David, to say that Forrest is taking it in ways that it wouldn't go. Because why wouldn't the game, the industry... If they can find a, if they can, if they see that it is possible for them to make money off of demos, why wouldn't they then charge for demos in the future? I mean, that's understandable, but this is, I, the idea for this is that when you go to E3 as an average person, the way that they've been doing E3, you pay to go there and walk around like a convention and play demos. So yeah, this... but you're paying to go to the physical location and experience the event with all of the other people there. Right. It's not like if if you presented people who buy tickets to E3, the opportunity is like, hey, here's a ticket and we'll provide you with game demos of all the things that you would play online. Like, I don't think people would be as interested. I mean, I get I get what you were trying to say is is... It's the same thing, but it's not the same thing. And still, it's it's still paying for demos, which is like it it doesn't make sense. Now, that, if you all, paid all for that them. being said, all that being said, if there is a game that I really want to try, I would probably end up paying for it. Yeah, because I am. If a you paid for the demo pass, I would come over and play them. I would not pay myself. That's right. my bottom line. I'm just saying, like, the, I understand the thinking behind this. It doesn't mean I, like, super love it. Yeah. But it also would be nice if, you know, because the years that E3 happens, like, uh, in fact, our very first episode was Chris and Andrea telling us how cool E3 was. Um, because they went nice and they got to play a bunch of demos that I would have loved to have gotten to play. Yeah. So if this becomes a thing, I mean, I'm a shill, I guess, but I would pay the 30 bucks to play it at home. Cause I don't feel like flying to LA, but pay- I bet it would be more than 30 bucks. Well, the rumor was that it was $35. That was the leak or the rumor, whatever was those $35. Plus, like, you got to have all the consoles to play these on. Like, what's into, like, to... Yeah, I don't know how that would work either. Yeah, and work that between all the companies. Yeah, to be downloading these things so much over the day. In Florida, we're mostly fine with bandwidth. Like, there's a lot of logistic nightmares for me on this. I mean, I agree with you. (laughs) I'm just saying that if there's a game that I'm hyper-interested in, I would easily do it. That's fair. Because you're playing a demo for a game possibly that won't be coming out till like 2022 or 2023. I guess I'll just wait then. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, I like go for it. Uh, it's save money. Yeah. I'm saying I would do it. Yeah. So it's interesting. I don't think they're going to do it, but it is a fun thought. Uh, I, I think do it would think also be it bad was... because there is precedent for this to be free. Like Nintendo years ago, like Wii U years, had, they did this during E3 once where they had a bunch of ge- demos that you could download of the games that they showed off. Yeah, I'm not saying that even all the companies that are taking part in this would be lumped into that, probably. Um, So, I don't know. It's all just speculation. But I appreciate that you guys feel differently than me, even if I am the shill that would easily do it. (laughs) Um, So... June twelfth. I mean, we, ha- we gotta have the corporate shill perspective on the podcast. Yeah. Hey, listen. If you're gonna give me uh, the Halo demo, or I came in like if Capcom releases a demo for that weird Pragmata game yeah. or whatever that is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the demo is just the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, there's there's a bunch of stuff that could be announced. That I, you know, would probably grab me right away and make me do it. Um, so, I like video games and playing them early. I, Seth and I went to Disney Springs to play Kingdom Hearts Same. 3 early. Loved it. It so, was great. Yeah. There's a... But again, there's a, so part of that was the act of going and doing rather than just doing. Right. Also, it was that. all technically free, aside from, like, gas or food or whatever sure. that you happen to have spent at the free demos. At Disney Springs. The emotional toll of playing that game early. I know. Is, is rough. But I got emotional doing it. We Same. talked about it on the show. Yes. You can go listen to that episode. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Microsoft is making Xbox Series X mini fridges. Um, not much news there, but that's something. So <laughs> just a if fun you want thing. a mini fridge version of your Xbox Series X, that's going to be something that you I can get. I wonder if the inside of the fridge is as hot as the inside of the Xbox while it's running. <laughs> I hope not, because then it's an oven, maybe, or a microwave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the opposite of a fridge. Yeah. In fact. Um, let's see. Let's. So this is going to be fun. Um, Apex Season 9, apparently, Seth, is going to feature yes. a ton of Titanfall content. A ton in yep. quotation marks. Yeah. So what do you make of this? I really don't know. I think it's probably going to be story stuff uh, because the the different story arcs of Apex has been kind of leading to this. Like They have introduced... Um, multiple characters who were villains that you fought a- against in Titanfall 2. Um, the Apex games are, of course, an outgrowth of the Apex Predators who were these villains and also one of the factions you could uh, play under in the multiplayer. Um, and so they, those, the two characters that are there seem to loom large. 
Um, there has been a so-called leak from a data miner who claims that one of those characters, Blisk, who was an enemy uh, pilot in Titanfall 2, is going to be a character um, with an auto-titan as his ultimate. But I do not believe that. I think that would be insanity. Uh, and I also don't know that really f it would fit in the game because they, you couldn't really have all the titan, all the pilot abilities because it just it kind of breaks the game. Yeah. Um, so I think it'll mostly be story stuff. Also, Bangalore recently got an heirloom weapon that is apparently stolen off of a pilot, like a, a, a titan pilot. So, um... I don't know, like, I don't really know. It Like, it would be dope if it was, like, my my pipe dream here is a new map that is one of the locales from Titanfall 2. Um, I'd like that with, a lot. like, familiar landmarks. I think that would be cool. Um, I think that's the reasonable uh, best case scenario. Yeah, I think, and, you know, it's been, well, it hasn't been that long since they introduced the last map but i don't know um so I don't, I don't really know what to expect i mean we'll we'll certainly see some new guns um maybe the uh although they said they're not going to bring back the car which is unfortunate um i don't know it's it's hard to tell because like titanfall just kind of exists on the fringes in these and as much as people have talked about it, it's hard to incorporate a lot of the mechanical stuff from Titanfall 2 because it just would kind of, like I said, it would break the the, the way Apex feels. Right. Um, but it would be cool to, like, I think it would be cool to see more of those characters and, and those places. Uh, so, yeah, I think the map would be the coolest thing. And, I mean, um, you know, more more skins... Like that, you could have a skin that made um, Gibraltar just straight up look like a Titan, probably. <laughs> yeah, that'd be that would be cool. I'm so, really, but that's, I mean, outside of that, I don't really know. I'm really hoping that the uh, that Horizon map dies. That's <laughs> my <laughs> that's my hope is that it crashes into some sort of Titanfall area and titans trample it to the ground um and it just forms a new map in the bones of its you know in the bones one thing of its, its i have such a deep hatred for it it's so bad one thing i think well i think a so for that map the lore of it is that it's floating in the sky above another city so i think a a logical um eventual change for that map is for it to crash into the ground um, because that generally tends to be what happens with these maps is they introduce them and then something causes them to be destroyed and then you play the destroyed version of them and that hasn't happened for that map yet so we'll see um, God willing I think that <laughs> what Apex has in the past done limited time um, PVE modes um, there's been a data mine that suggests there's one coming uh, in the coming weeks of Season 8. Um, and so I I could see them doing something around Titans 
in that mm. way. Um, mm. But I don't know. You know what I would like all this to lead up to is just what? Titanfall 3. Yeah. Just give me yeah, Titanfall 3. Yeah, I mean, that's the real thing, Respawn. We know the ball's in your court. Listen, EA has basically E3's said coming up. you can make whatever you want. Uh, don't tell me that there's Titanfall content. Tell me there's another Titanfall. Unless season nine, the the ending of it is a Titanfall like, big 3 Titanfall three announcement, which that'd I be mean, really yeah, cool. that would also be cool. You know, I'd be down for that. Yeah, we could also do the thing that we discussed: the single player Apex campaign. Which yeah. wouldn't really be Titanfall 2, but I mean Titanfall 3. So really, forget about that. Just give me Titanfall 3. Yeah. God, Titanfall 2 is one of the best. I would yeah. not be surprised, though, if the new character was formerly a, a Titan pilot. Maybe not yeah. with like the same suit anymore. No double jumper wall run. Um, but I could see it being a Titan, a Titan pilot. Could be. The problem is having a... a way, so one of the one... There's like two ordinances that they haven't brought. And one of them is like the iconic electric smoke. Um, so that could be a way to introduce that too. Although that would be... God, that would be terrible. I don't actually <laughs> want them to not do that. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Alright, so Titanfall content, Apex. Um we very love Apex excited, on the show. It's yeah. very exciting. Um, let's see. MLB the since this last week, since the last episode, MLB the show not only is on Xbox, but it's also gonna be on Game Pass. Uh which is dope. Um hot hot fire right there. Game Pass bringing you the Sony exclusives previous Sony exclusives. It's true. Um, Seth, are you going to play a baseball game with me over the internet? Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, interesting fact is that this move apparently happened at the behest of the MLB, uh, which I assume Sony had to go go along with teeth gritted. Um yeah, I guess Major League Baseball is like, look, if we're going to be on Xbox, we want to be on every console. So just put us on Game Pass. Yep. Um, which is great. Um, yeah, certainly a boon for those of us who have it and care about baseball. And that's me. Here I am. I certainly ready. fit into one of those categories. <laughs> <laughs> um Seth may play one game out of curiosity with me one time, I think. Yeah, uh, it's same just less with, fun when it's not in person, though, you know? Yeah. Same with, uh, you know, Seth and I have a weird, small history of playing NHL games against each other. <laughs> and NHL 21 is coming to Game Pass 2. And yep. uh, hockey games are hard. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. Um, they're not easy. Uh, you may think they're easy, but no, it's quite difficult. Um, so lots of sports games coming to Game Pass. All the Madden is on there, NBA Two K Twenty One. Um, you know, lots Other of good things. Value. Lots of good value in that Game Pass. So, 
the last news we have, I saved it to last because we always talk about it first, is Borderlands the movie, baby. Yeah. The gift that keeps the on movie, giving baby? every week. Uh, Randy Pitchford came out and said that the cinematic universe is completely different than the game universe. I kind of thought that was obvious, uh, given how casting and story synopses that have come out have gone. Well, they, it was after the story synopsis came out. I see. That he came out and said that. Um, what did he say? He said that the universes. cinematic universe is, going, okay. is different than the game universe. Yeah, I guess it kind of had to be that. Though I don't know that it had to be that. You could have just retold the game in a different way. Yeah. They are going, uh, you know, I don't it'll be something we'll see yep um it doesn't seem like it's going to make sense no and in every situation this has ever happened where a movie adaptation was said oh this is a different universe that's just carte blanche for we can screw around with things that don't make sense uh for characters um and quote unquote get away with it yeah yeah well, yeah, or just completely I, oh, change characters. It's, it's called yeah. adapting. Um, and it happens all the time. <laughs> and it's not really a big deal. Uh, other than that, it just took so long for them to say, hey, this isn't actually the same story as the game. So stop being confused over the characters who are in it. Although, yeah, or stop expecting it to be that. That being said, the, like, uh, the, the the synopsis is out, and it seems like it's sort of melding parts from Borderlands 1 and 2, uh, and maybe even pulling from 3, because Atlas is a thing, and they were never really in the game until Borderlands 3. Um, but the fact that they're going to put in Lilith and Roland and just leave out Mordecai and Brick... Your boy... My boy Mordecai, who is he has out a uh, brick arguable, but they're they're the two with the most personality of the four original Vault Hunters. Um, and it's Mordecai. Look, and and that means no Bloodwing. Uh, it's just I hate it. I, well, you get Krieg, Sith. I mean, I and I Tiny like Krieg, Tina, but and... Krieg only works. Like, as, like, it doesn't sound like he's going to be a bandit who is insane. I mean, I guess all the bandits are insane. It sounds like he's going to be Brick. Yeah. Which, they could just use Brick, but then I guess they wouldn't, they they could be like, they couldn't have all three and not Mordecai, so they just turned Brick into Krieg. Which means Krieg does not get to be Krieg from the game. He's just going to be a beefcake. Instead of an insane person who has gone mad and turned into a bandit and has a split personality. Although it's possible they do that. Uh, and also, it's so weird because Tiny Tina and Brick and Mordecai have a have an actual relationship in the third game. Like, yep. the building blocks were right there. Why not just use them? You know... Who do you think is going to be the surprise handsome Jack? <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, didn't I say, uh, who did I say last time? I don't um, remember. 
It was perfect. I remember it. It was perfect. Um, I mean, Ryan Reynolds. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. That's like the easy casting. Yeah, it's too, it's a bit too on the nose, I think. Um, I can't remember. I remember. I, I kind of think George Clooney wouldn't be bad. Oh, God. If he was like 20 years younger. Mm, yeah. Well, I mean, they made, they made a Tannis a lot older. <laughs> Make George Clooney a lot younger. Tannis is in this game. No, I'm just saying it could be an old, but yeah, I mean. The it's, movie. It's probably a little too old to be Handsome Jack, but they could just yeah. make him older. They, it could be, uh, mm, like, uh, who's handsome? I who's said a good one like two weeks ago, and I cannot remember what it was. I'm feeling mad now, because <laughs> I know I said something good. Quick, check the tapes. Um, I can't. I yeah. cannot. I don't feel like digging. It'll make the show really long. <laughs> um, but yeah, Handsome Jack. There's... A bunch could be of Matt Damon. Could be Matt Damon. Matt Damon loves to do weird stuff like this. That's true. Um, yeah. It could be like his cameo in Interstellar. Or uh Thor Ragnarok. His cameo in yeah, Thor Ragnarok. Too. Oh, or, it could be Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. Or his cameo in Eurotrip. <laughs> uh, yeah. God, what a good actor for, you know, who knows? It could be Chris Evans. They could do Chris Evans' Handsome Jack. That would be weird. They could do Chris Pine. Yeah, that would be funny. Handsome Jack. Chris Pine could probably do Handsome Jack pretty well. Oh, I definitely think so. Mm. So. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Handsome Jack. This, there's gonna be no handsome Jack. If there is, then they're it's gonna the get it wrong. Credits. Yeah. Or have the Rock be handsome Jack. You know what? Stupid, yeah, I was thinking that, but I, I didn't want I'd to be say there. it because I'd be there for that. Or uh, listen, I don't. Handsome. I, I, I don't care Vin if he Diesel. doesn't fit the role. Like, yeah, Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. Anyone from the Fast and Furious, John Cena. Yeah. You know. Nah, he's too busy being. Peacemaker. Um, I don't got friends. I got robots. <laughs> Loader bots. Loader bots. All right. Well, you know, let us know who you think Handsome Jack is going to be or who's going to play Handsome Jack. What handsome man is going to play Handsome or Jack? Woman. Or gotta woman. Or woman. handsome. Yeah, handsome regardless. Handsome person. You know. Although, is he handsome or is the mask handsome? Because it's not his actual face, remember? That's right. They stole that from Repo, the genetic opera. Um, Although, if I sure. remember the pre-sequel right, his actual face did look similar. Yeah. Um, all right. So with that, we appreciate you listening, as always. And we will be back at you next week with a hot new episode. And we will talk to you later. Goodbye. See ya. <laughs> For Handsome Jack, have somebody play, have it, one actor play the body and have a second actor play the face. Oh, God. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>